Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Midsummer. Is it midsummer today? Well, it's actually midsummer at the weekend. Midsummer's Eve is on Friday, but today is the longest day. It's summer solstice. Oh, I didn't know that. What yeah. Why are there not lots of uh, news stories about druids? <laughs> no, no, not that I've seen. When I was growing up, there would always be a news story on summer solstice and I think Halloween about druids going on the rampage. Rampaging druids. But but I don't mean like smashing up shops with baseball bats and um you know slashing people's tires. Right. There was a hill called Alderly Edge. Oh yeah. Um I think there's some kind of mystic connections to it. I don't know what. There were some books called The Wizard of Brazingerman. Um Anyway, it'd always be on the local news. Yeah, like the lo- local news, you just get the feeling they're waiting for certain days to roll around so they don't have to find any stories. They can just do the same story they do every year. Sounds like doing a radio show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, it was always, you know, police are taking extra precautions to make sure druids can't get up old the edge tonight. I what think, are they doing? What were they doing up there? That Spilling was so much their a problem. Like, what's it? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's always like the implication of some kind of hedonistic orgy. Well... What's wrong with that? Here's here's what um here's what I find strange. Masks. Mm-hmm. Do you get the impression that if druids are doing that stuff, they've got some weird masks of goats and they're wearing goat masks or okay? Do you think they are? I don't know. I'm getting confused now with yellow jackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same, thing, isn't same it? Yeah. yeah. I've got no problem with people leaving their sex on, well, uh, their socks on. <laughs> That sounded like a lyric from like a hip hop song. Leave know. your sex on. Yeah, leave your sex yeah. on. Um, they can leave the socks on while they have the sex. Fine. But the masks I'm uncomfortable okay, with. Okay, okay. For some reason. Um, yes, so um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's tonight. And then Glastonbury, of course, this weekend is, the, oh. is always around the summer solstice. Okay. You going? <laughs> <laughs> you know they have it on telly. They do, yeah. they do. Do people not know? I think I think they do. I think they like to go and experience the atmosphere and the um, other stuff. But it's not as good as know. the telly, is I it? Don't know. I don't know. You're not around other people. But then, yeah, yeah, yes and yes to all these things. But mm. watching a live we act on the telly it. and watching it in being there, 
Like, and you know, whenever like a live version of a song, I always think it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, think yeah, yeah, It's one of those that you really have yeah. to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you're right. I suppose mm. you're right. I'm very nervous. I think I mentioned this the other week. I'm very nervous about the fact that Paul McCartney's headlining. Oh. Because there's been this big outpouring of love for him mm. on the, over the last weekend for his 80th birthday. And, um, and I know that on Saturday night, Twitter will just be full of people saying his voice is gone. Well, of course it's gone. He's 80. Yeah. Yes. He's going to give him a good show. It doesn't matter. Like, he's got a very good band. He plays well. There's those songs. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter if he's got a bit of a bit of croak in there. A quaver. Yeah. A bit of a quaver. Yeah. Um, I feel very protective. I know. It's nice. <laughs> he's a lovely man. He deserves your protection. I, um, I celebrated his 80th birthday uh the weekend I went to uh, an event. Mm-hmm. Struck me as odd that um, I spend a lot of my life trying to wheedle out of going to things like birthday parties of actual friends <laughs> I know in real life. And yet on Saturday I found myself at an event celebrating a famous person who wasn't even there. Right. I was thinking, did you go to his birthday party? What? No, it was... Um, it was an event in Holland Park in London, an amazing space, actually, like a big, um, not quite a marquee, but a, a covered opera auditor- auditorium, I think you would call it. Um, and people just bought tickets and came to see this thing. And I was one of the guests. When they introduced me, the the, the sort of runway from the wings to the, to the stage where I had to go and sit in front of a microphone was too long to sustain the amount of applause that anybody would ever give me. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just in this panic. I mean, I was in a panic anyway about going in front of people. I get so nervous. Why I say yes, I don't know. But um, I was was in this panic about the applause dying out and me still be walking to this stool. (laughs) So I ended up doing this little jog. Oh, no. Which... I'm not a graceful jogger. Mm. I was really worried I was going to fall off this little runway. Yeah. And I just think the act of jogging suggests that your your arrival is more than a, more of an event than it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, look at me, here yeah. I am with my yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume disavowed people of my uh, energy when I sat on the stool <laughs> and didn't make any eye contact with any members of the audience for the next half hour. But um, it was, I'll tell you who organised it, Um David Hepworth and Mark Ellen, formerly of Word magazine and some storied British music journalists with great history and things like Q magazine and Smash Hits magazine. And I just I just can't say no to them. Oh. I think of them as being like my dads, my two dads, my two music dads. You don't want to let them down. No, even no. though I mean I think they're you know, they'd have to have been Jim Slip fathers mm-hmm. to be my two dads. Um but they're such nice, enthusiastic people, and I just always want to say yes to them. And I would get a bit carried away when I'm around them. <laughs> years and years ago, I've told you this before, but I'd, I've probably said it on the podcast if I've said it to you before. But years and years ago, Annabelle and I were working at Latitude Festival. I said, that's a nice festival. Mm, lovely. I wish they'd put it on telly. <laughs> um, and they were recording an episode of their podcast there. Now, one of my roles at the festival was to do some stage announcements. Mm-hmm. As previously discussed, I don't enjoy going on a stage particularly. Also, nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. So if I walk out onto a stage, it's not like um it's it's not like Mike Reed. <laughs> Good example. Walking out onto the Radio One Roadshow. No. 
it's it's they're thinking is that a roadie is somebody come to check a thing and it's me and then i have to go on the microphone and get their attention mm. and it's often gone badly for me right one time i had to introduce kasabian at the v festival which i think they do put on tv but maybe they shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> and um and there were like twenty thousand people ch- ch- chanting who are you? Oh no! At me? I'm not up there. I'm, I'm not there because I think I'm it. I'm up there because somebody's asked me to go and say something. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. So all this is the stuff that swirls around in my mind. So I'm so, so saying to David and Mark, you know, nobody's interested. Why? Why do they want somebody to announce acts? And the, the act I had to announce that evening was the headliner, Bell and Sebastian, who I love. They're one of my favourite bands. Mm. And they're saying it's all about the gusto, though. You know, think of the great live recordings and um, uh, bands being introduced. You've just got to throw yourself into it and people go along with it. But I'm saying, but how, do, how do I generate that kind of enthusiasm? It's Bell and, enthusiasm. It's, it's Bell, Bell and Sebastian fans. Yeah, what am I going to do? Get up there and say, who here likes the smell of a secondhand bookshop <laughs> and the warm embrace of an old cardigan? And they then go, that's exactly what you should do. They'll really be into that. You should do it. You should get up and do that. I'm thinking, are you serious? Going, yeah, that play, you see what you're doing there is playing to the crowd. You're playing to the band's audience. Mm. You must do that. That'd be fantastic. And I think this started off as me being sarcastic. Right. But you've made me think of as I've just had a brainwave. <laughs> and you, you were some of the most experienced and acclaimed music journalists in the country, you 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 know what works at gigs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. So sure enough, that evening, I um, I go on to introduce Bell and Sebastian. I'm very nervous, but I step up to the microphone and I say, "Okay, the next act is almost ready to uh, uh, to play." I'm paraphrasing myself. I'm mm. perhaps a bit more art- articulate okay. on stage than I am now. Okay. Um, I say, who here likes the smell of a second-hand bookshop? And the crowd goes wild and they go, oh, yay! Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And I say, and who here likes uh, um, the feel of a good mug of tea in their hands? And people are like, yay! And, they say, and who here likes the embrace of an old cardigan? Yay! People go wild and say, then you are my people and you are the people of our headline act tonight. Please welcome... Bell and Sebastian, and people go wild. I run off into the wings. I don't sort of um, do that thing. You know, some some people like hug the lead singer or high five them. Oh, or oh. I can't do any of that. No, it's no, going to go poorly for me. Yeah. So I just slink off. And I, and I love that band so much that I just want to get down into the crowd and watch them. So I run into the crowd and um, I meet my friend who's waiting for me down there. And I see a few people look and sort of nudge and like smile and say, "It's him." And I, I feel pleased. Bell and Sebastian have come on and they just launch straight into a song. Song ends. Applause. They launch straight into another song. Okay. That ends. At which point the singer, Stuart Murdoch, says, uh, hello, Latitude. And everyone goes, yay. And then he goes, I don't know what all that stuff was about. Um, secondhand bookshops and cardigans before. I don't know what that man was on about. Oh, God. And it was it was like something out of a nightmare. Oh God! It it was. How much have you died? Like ninety percent of you. Because it wasn't only humiliation. Oh. It was so layered. In that this is a band that I've idolised yes, for, for yes. a long time, 
and I'm being ridiculed by them. And then the other layer to it is the crowd was all complicit in the cheering and enjoyed it. And he's just made fun of it. So they feel a bit humiliated. And I feel that hum- that humiliation then is turned into anger towards me for making them do it. No. Yeah. So why I still said yes to David <laughs> and Mark when they asked me to do this thing on Sunday, I've got no idea. I've got no idea at all. Um, I should just say as well, for anybody who's interested, I also did a thing for one of my favourite podcasts, which is I Am The Egg Pod. Oh, yeah. Which is... Um, if if you like hearing people talk about their love of the Beatles and telling you a bit about their life in the process, it's it's one of the best. It's just a lovely conversation. And um it's a guy who called Chris who hosts it and he's he's got the best voice and he's just got the he's just got such an ease about him and he makes people feel comfortable and just gets great stories out of it. It's it's a brilliant podcast if you haven't heard it. Um even if you if you if you're uninterested in the Beatles, don't listen to it. If if mild, mildly you think, oh, I might like to hear that person, um, give it a listen because they're just great conversations. Anyway, he's done, I think, 80 people talking about Paul McCartney for his 80th oh. birthday and he asked me to pick a song. And I thought, I want to... When I replied, I said, um, how about... And then I made a little, junk, a little joke, which was uh, an animation, a song from an animation that Paul McCartney did in about 2005 called Tropic Island Hum. Mm-hmm. And he sort of laughed and said, oh, let me know when you think of your song. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, oh, I'm going to do that song because nobody else will pick it. Right. And um, it's really obscure. Mm. <laughs> it's like a children's song, like we all stand together. And I'm glad that I chose it. But it is uh, one of a handful of songs in which you just bubble, bubble into the surface is uh, Sir Paul's love of doing an accent. Oh. Which when he used to come on the radio show was something, something we would enjoy very much. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd sort of goad him into doing different accents. Mm. Now, I think the times have changed yep. and we've realised that the world hasn't moved on quite as much as we'd hoped it was and people doing accents, by and large, is, is to be frowned upon. Mm. I mean, we all do that. I catch myself singing the Vitalite or the Lilt advert from mm-hmm. the 80s every now and again. I have to stop myself. Yeah, it's a very... Yeah, it's very again a very layered thing, but I do think, and I made this point on Chris's podcast. If anybody should be given an exemption, <laughs> think of what that man has given the world. I know, I know. He should be allowed. It's not coming from a bad place. No, I mean, yes, you could use it as a learning moment, but I don't, he's given enough. Let's just let him have that thing. Mm-mm. It was always such good fun, wasn't it? It was. It was. <laughs> So did you, did you have that song then? You did. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Great, great. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, that's uh, th- that is that's out now. Uh, I am the Egg Pod. Enough from me. That was more than I was intending. All oh, right. In in which I mean, by which I mean, it just went on a bit. But <laughs> well, it went on a lot. In fact, I very much enjoyed it. I had a couple of things I thought I'd talk about there, and they've ended up waffling on for ages. Apologies. Um, let's uh, let's hear from the drifters. Okay, first one's from Sophie, who is eighteen. She tells us her age, which I enjoy. So eighteen or eighty? Uh, no, eighteen. Mm. Eighteen. I'm a university student living in halls. This is not a good living environment for a drifter such as myself. A couple of days ago, I just picked up my clothes from the laundrette and was heading to bed. In the corridor on the way back to my room, I bumped into one of my flatmates and to be polite, she asked me how my day had been. That day I'd been studying in a quiet building on campus. I was tired and wanted to cut the conversation short. So to save me describing the exact location I visited, which I anticipated would lead to more questions, I lied and said that I'd been to the library. I then asked her how her day had been. All good. Good night then or so I thought. Was it busy in the library? 
Uh, I didn't oh, no. go to the library today. <laughs> a look of confusion spread across my flatmate's face. <laughs> As I came to the realisation, not even 30 seconds after telling the lie, <laughs> I'd forgotten about it completely. <laughs> I stared at her, lost for words. What possible reason could I have had for saying I'd been to the library that day and then changing my mind <laughs> immediately after? I was rescued when another flatmate, upon hearing noise in the corridor, opened her door and remarked that the laundry I was carrying looked heavy. I lied again and agreed that it was, using this as my excuse to leave without having to try and explain to myself. From here, I should have employed the port protocol. However, did I? Oh no. No. Oh no. Oh no. The next day, when I saw her in the kitchen, in an attempt to diffuse the awkwardness and make a joke about what had happened, I blurted out, I actually did go to the library today. <laughs> This was met with no words and a bemused smile. That's wonderful. Isn't it? Thank you for that, Sophie. Um, I just want to say to Sophie as well, I hope you're not just listening to this podcast because of peer pressure from other (laughs) 18-year-olds. Good one. I would love to hear more stories about halls in residence, though, because surely that for a drifter is something quite hellish because it's all just like room after room after room. Yes, I don't know. And corridors and shared kitchens and bathrooms and... I've never even really done flatmates and house shares. No, and no, all of this stuff feels yeah. that. Anything about, yeah, flatmates, halls of residence, housemates, love to hear about mm, that. Okay. Mm. And this is from Ollie. He says, in 2005, I had just left art college and was about to start my first job placement in a London advertising agency. Me and my advertising partner, art director and copywriter are hired together in ad agencies, were super ambitious and were the first to get a placement from my year group and felt we were on the verge of greatness. On our first day, another chap our age was tasked with showing us around. He was on the account management training programme and was from the It's Who You Know school and was very confident and told us on a daily basis he was dressing for the job you want, not the job you have. When we got to the canteen, he opened a storeroom cupboard door and confidently walked inside. We followed and he took a packet of crisps from a big wholesale box of crisps and said we could just help ourselves to these and anything else we wanted just because of who we were. This was an ad agency and we had heard rumours of free beers on Friday, going to the cinema during the day, endless games of table football. And we just assumed it was part of the amazing privilege people who work in ad agencies get. We would go down to the canteen storeroom a couple of times a day, help ourselves to crisps and chocolate bars, then queue up for coffee with our snacks and take them back to our desks. Agency life. This chap who showed us around eventually got let go as he was useless. And we continued as we had, helping ourselves for about five months. Until one day we walked in and there was someone else in there, someone who worked in the canteen. We said hello, smiled awkwardly and helped ourselves while this person just watched. As we walked out, they asked what we were doing, clearly perplexed that someone would just walk into the storeroom and take food, which was for sale a few feet away, which everyone else was paying for. I remember just standing there as we were being questioned by another grown adult, muttering something like, we were told it was okay as they slowly explained this was the canteen storeroom and did we think it was fair just to take anything we wanted thinking of the hundreds of items we had taken and walked off with because we assumed it was agency life like dry wretch when I think about it now we never went back to that canteen and luckily got a new job pretty quickly please send us your stories as Annabelle just said um yeah the, the the stuff about halls of residence and flatmates could be good. Also, you know, struggling to learn the ropes on a new job. Oh, and getting it wrong. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, any anything really, if you've got an awkward social interaction for us, it is hello at adriftpodcast.com. dot <laughs> 
Annabelle? Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So this is about the amount that I've started to say, well, I've seen it all now. <laughs> it is totally out of control. I must say it about three times a day, which is three times too many. Because as I'm sure you can guess about someone who only goes to Sainsbury's and the preschool <laughs> drop off and pick up, I very, very, very much have not seen it all. I'm so far from seeing it all. I've probably seen about as much as a mayfly who tragically had its life cut short. <laughs> But it's because I'm with a four-year-old a lot and four-year-olds like to point a lot of stuff out. And about three months ago, I got sick of saying, oh, wow, all the time. And then it got bad as then wow evolved to wowsers. And then it got worse as somehow became wowser from the wowser factory, which makes no sense (laughs) at all. So I tried out. I've seen it all now, which we can all agree is the worst of all. Yes. But unfortunately, I can't seem to shake it. And it's making me sound like an elderly person who's seen for the first time those bifolding doors that open out onto a garden or a 3D triangular tea bag or an electric stapler. And what I am seeing is, I don't know, a balloon stuck in a tree or someone in a pink hat or two robins together. You saw two robins together? <laughs> I think that's unusual. Oh, wow. Okay. The only time the phrase, well, I've seen it all now, would be appropriate after seeing a pink hat would be if I'd never seen one before. And before that point, I literally had seen it all. (laughs) Everything it was possible for the human eye to witness, I'd done. And the very last thing on the list was a pink hat. Then I really could say, oh, I've seen it all now. There is a slight variation on this, which is, well, I've heard it all now. (laughs) Example, my son said to me, excuse me, after preschool yesterday, that they'd been painting on ice that day. And I said, well, I've heard it all now. The only good thing to say about it, I need some water. You have some water. (coughs) Have some water. Sorry. Shall I edit this bit out or shall I leave it in? What do you think? I think people would like to hear it. Maybe I'll... An insight into what goes on. They can hear the sound of your water bottle. It's a nice one. Yeah. Mm. Where's That's that water better. bottle from? Um, it's called Pro Works. It's very pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not an amateur. And it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell. The only good thing to say about it is that it's a slight improvement on what I used to say all the time and still do a bit about absolutely everything, which was a oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I sang an evening class once, creative writing if you're interested, and it was a 10-week course and we were coming to near the end of it. And someone remarked on how cold it was. And I said... Great small talk coming up, ready to listen and learn. I said, I know it's so weird, which it wasn't at all because it was November. <laughs> and another woman pulled me up on it and asked, Oh no. Why is that weird? Oh no, she's the worst person alive. <laughs> and she said it in such a way that suggested she wasn't really inquiring why I found cold weather in November weird. She was actually so irritated about me saying everything was weird and it was driving her mad. And she'd finally snapped and decided to pull me up on it. I'm like, how bad it had been? How many inappropriate times had I said it? How irritated I made this previously pleasant and mild-mannered lady that she'd finally said, why is that weird? And it was very embarrassing because obviously I had no answer to why cold November was weird. So I just laughed it off. But it, no, I'm yeah. telling you, no matter how irritating you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. To, to then not bottle, bottle your irritation up. Yeah, yeah. Then it, that makes her worse. But I think, I think she just snapped. No, she just bottled it up. Really, she should have carried on. Yeah. She should have carried on. Yeah. But listen, if it happened now, I would handle it much more differently because I'd look at her and I'd pause and I'd say, well, I've heard it all now. <laughs> 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. God, Annabelle, I'm still annoyed at that woman in that story. I know, I know. She's made me livid. <laughs> Is it? Here's the only acceptable to do, thing to do in that situation. Mm. After the class, mm. sidle up to somebody <laughs> no, and say, No, no, no. God, isn't it irritating how she keeps saying it's so weird? Oh, right, bitch about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to, I, don't, I don't want to say it to me. No, 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 no. no don't no, take no, to one no, side no, and say, By no, the way, no, you're no, saying everything's no, weird. It's no, not weird. She should yeah. start poisoning the well against you, make sure that everybody knows. Yeah. And then every time you say it, mm. they could all like bond by rolling their eyes at each other. Oh, don't. But not to say. That probably happened as well, to be honest. And in every social situation I go in. I mean, I've, I've stopped saying it so much now, I think. Did you start saying, um, I've seen it all ironically? I must have done. Yeah. I must have said it ironically. You've done that. I'm it, sure I've noticed you do that before. And then I just get into the habit and now I just say it all the time. You started using the word jerk ironically at some point and then it became <laughs> part of your... <laughs> that was Tom. Oh. <laughs> Tom started saying jerk and I picked up on it. I do like saying jerk. It's good. It's a great yeah. word. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay, let me rattle through some stuff here. First thing. Oven chips. Mm. I, sometimes, I sometimes make oven chips. I've noticed they've got your regular McCain oven chips that take about 20 minutes, between 15 and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. They also have quick oven chips that take about six or eight. What? Really? And it's it's really confounding me, and I don't have any pithy observation to make on this about this. I'd really like somebody to answer the question. What what are you sacrificing? What's going on with those quick oven chips? Because if it was just, oh, we figured out a way for the oven chips to cook quicker, then all oven chips would take six, six to eight minutes. So all I'm thinking is, are they thinner or are they the same size? I think they're the, the, the French fries. I mean, right. they're all French fries. And, um, and maybe they're, I mean, I'm going to sound like an idiot now, but like, are they more pre-cooked? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. They're all but then why wouldn't all, why wouldn't they all be put? Yes, I, I bought know. some, but I'm afraid to eat them. I've got some chips that take half an hour. What's wrong? with I'm annoyed yes. about them now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't trust these pre-cooked mm. chips at all. Mm. I want to. So, so my question is, what's going on there? What's this? What's the sinister element to it? Mm. What price are you really paying? Because there is a sinister yeah. element, obviously. Yeah. 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 Okay. First, that's first thing. Second thing. Um, it's barely a thing. But on Father's Day, my wife and son treated me to a boat ride on the canal, but like a little boat that I got to drive, which I love. It's one of my favourite things, um, driving a boat. And we were chugging... And, and these things, they've got electric engines on them. You can walk faster than them. Right. If you're walking at a brisk pace. Mm-hmm. As we were going along, we passed a celebrity... David Williams. Oh, yeah, good spot. So we passed him, and then the gentleman who was going in the same direction as we were, who had also just passed him, turned around to look at us on the boat and sort of mouthed, "What's that?" You know, <laughs> what's that? I, don't get it. And I did the thumbs up. Oh, right. And that was a nice little moment. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, because the boat goes at exactly walking pace, 
we were now like alongside this guy for another 15 minutes. Oh, oh. And we didn't have any further interactions, but there was a lot of sort of facial expressions and raised eyebrows and smiles whenever we caught eyes. It was really uncomfortable. <laughs> In that situation, I would sit on a bench, I think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it quite often, people walking too close behind me. I'll pretend to stop and look in a window or look at my phone. Nobody wants to be walking in lockstep with somebody else. No, it feels weird. Okay. Next. Mm. You noticed anything different about me? No. I've had my hair cut. Again? (laughs) I get it done about like once every five or six weeks. So sorry, it was your beard last time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Right, right, right. I didn't notice. I usually notice that. Yeah. Okay. And um, I mentioned to you that the, the... barber that's been doing it i like him but he's not not a problem okay he always runs late oh it takes a long time Mm. because he gets very distracted by his phone the music the people talking to him what's going on on the street outside Mm -hmm. and we're just very different people okay he really likes violence oh yeah 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 so We've talked before on the podcast about the problem, though, of you, you have to really go to a different salon rather than switch barber within the salon. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last week, in yeah, fact, yeah, on one yeah. quandary corner. Um, but I found a way around it, which is you look at the online appointments, mm. you can see when his day off is. Right, yeah. So I've selected a different guy, mm-hmm. went and got it done on the other guy's day off, mm. sit down in the chair, He's having some kind of banter with the barber next to him. Right. And it's very male banter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's about, but it just smells like the sort of thing I won't be interested in. Okay. <laughs> then he turns to me and says, have you seen it, mate? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He went, um, that bouncer isn't being charged. I said, I don't know what you mean. He says, oh, did you not see it? There was uh, some guy giving a bouncer hassle. He didn't say hassle. I'm avoiding a profanity. Okay. Um, Some club in Shoreditch the other night, and uh, the bouncer was really patient, tried to de-escalate it. De-escalate might be my word. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I'm not proud of that word either. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, And uh, and then eventually the bouncer just lost it and f***ed him. Why did that word just come out of my mouth? That's bad. It's really it? bad. Yeah. Sorry. I think it's all right. Do you think I should bleep that? Mm, I think it's all right. David Cameron said it, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, because it plays to, well with they, certain they demographics. I tuition an apology. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you, know, you'll, you, you won't know whether I bleeped it or not. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Mm. Um, I said, oh, no, I d- didn't see that. And from that answer, he deduces that I would like to see it. Oh, God. No, I wouldn't. No. I don't want to see a video of anybody hitting anybody else. No. I'm extremely squeamish about that kind of thing, and I find it deeply unpleasant. However, I now have to sit while he gets his phone and watch a video of this situation unfolding <laughs> while like, some drunk person is really going at a bouncer. Oh, no. And then, you know, people are just... It's a horrible thing to watch, and then somebody gets hit. What would you do in that situation? You just have to watch it. It's yeah, you can't say, oh, it's not, not for me, thanks. No, no. So actually, I had to then watch it. Yeah, but he's got, you can see my eyes because there's yeah. a mirror in front of me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then not only that, I have to react to it. 
So how do you react? We all want to know. I said, oh, he had it coming. <laughs> of course you did. I don't think he did. I don't think anyone has that said coming. That. What else could you say? Yeah. And then I said, because I became confident. Oh, no. On uh, on how my he had it coming remark went down. Mm. I said, I wouldn't do that job for all the money in the world. I think that's all right. That's okay. But the, uh, well, no, because then there's a, I felt though there was this, like this long pause oh. where we both thought no nobody would pay you any money <laughs> to look at you. You'd be incapable. Oh, oh yeah, that's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. But instead of just leaving that hanging there, I said, oh. "But I am a weakling, I suppose, so nobody would want me to be a bouncer." Oh, a weakling. Yeah. And what did he say? He just started his clippers up. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Oh. Didn't disagree though. <laughs> Who would? Who could disagree about that? Um, here's here's what I think I should start doing: mm. going to the hairdresser instead of to the barber. Yeah, because I, I don't think it's you know I think it's a shame that these gender stereotypes exist. But I think barbers, mm. I think hairdressers have to get used to making conversation with women, mm-hmm. and barbers don't. And I think I'm more suited to somebody who's more used to talking to women than they yeah, are to men. Well, I think so too. I think I think we all know that's exactly what you need to do. There's your problem solved. Yeah. So it's like four times as expensive, but mm. you're probably worth it in the long yeah, run. I think so. Okay. Um, one more thing then. I was going to mention that I was on the tube the other day, the London Underground, mm-hmm. and um, a family got on. Mm-hmm. So mum, dad, three kids. There are only f- um, four spaces. So I quickly seeing what's about to unfold, get up and offer my space to one of the children. Mm-hmm. What hero. a great family. What hero. a hero. Yeah. What a hero. Yeah, great guy, great guy. Yeah. Pride of Britain Awards, Probably. if anyone's listening. Probably, yeah. 2023 could be my year. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I then stand up, lean against the pole and get my book that I was reading. The mum of the family says, oh, please, please, you sit down. She's young. I'm hurtling towards 50. Mm-hmm. It's all I ever dream of is a young person offering me their seat. <laughs> but because of what's just unfolded, I can't possibly take her seat. No. So I said, oh, no, I can't. She's like, please, please, you take it. You t- take it and read your book. I say, I, um, no, honestly, you're fine. I then say, because I'm getting off at the next stop anyway. Mm. I'm actually due to be getting off in 11 stops. Oh, no, time. no. But then oh. I get off the tube. Oh, no. <laughs> Just to avoid the awkwardness of her trying to give me a seat. Oh, bless you. And then like, there's a, a delay for the next train. You're late. Something like six minutes. Oh, no, six minutes? Yeah, I know. It's terrible service. Think about that. When I, before I lived in London, mm. the idea that something taking a, a train taking six minutes to arrive, mm. I think, what is wrong with those people I know, I know. in that city? And now it's, it's amongst my worst nightmares. Honestly, anything above two, yeah. I'm in the worst <laughs> mood ever. I'm, I'm, I'm furious. Yeah. What's going on? I'm three minutes. I'll tell you the worst one. Mm. When you go down there and they haven't got any information up. I don't. I can't think about it. You think, what has, what has unfolded here then? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. And then often a train will come in a minute and something and nothing. It's just, it's fine. Like the thing is broken. I'm thinking but, of a line here. What line am I thinking of? The one that always does it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not uh, good oh, on the lines. Oh, right, okay. What, which one always does uh, it? Hammersmith and City line. It's the worst for it anyway. Oh. That'll mean nothing to people outside of London. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. <coughs> so London-centric. I oh, know, terrible. I regret um, it now. Mm. 
apologies. It's a nice city, though, if you have ever fancy uh, coming here, yeah, if you're right. not in London. Yeah. Um, don't go on the Hammerson City line. No, don't do that. It's a very nice clock called Big Ben. Well, it's the clock, it's the tower is called the Queen Elizabeth Tower. It's renamed, but it didn't have a name before that, I don't think. But the bell in the clock is called Big Ben. Make sure you tell as many people as that as possible, just to be pedantic. Yeah, yeah, of course. And there's some other stuff as well. None of it's springing to mind, but it's, it's nice. <laughs> you'll, you'll have a nice time. Yeah. Now, Annabelle, we, uh, we're still after some quandaries, aren't we? Yes, please, yeah. More the merrier. So with this, as ever, what we want is some situation you've found yourself in and you just haven't quite known the correct social etiquette, what the behaviour is, what the rules are. If you tell us that situation, we can tell you the rules and then you can apply it for the next time. Yep. Okay, first one's from Emma. I have a simple question and I think I know the answer, but I've overthought it so much over the hours since the incident that I've lost all trace of who I am and what I do in these situations. I did a very small favour for someone. I looked after their child for the day, which sounds like a bigger favour, but it was mutually beneficial as their child is the same age as my daughter and she loved it and they played together all day and it was just much easier for me as she didn't want my attention. Obviously, I expected nothing in return, but my friend did send me a lovely thank you card. So here's my question. Do you have to thank someone for a thank you card? Does it then get out of control with someone thanking someone for thanking them for a thank you card? And then a thanking for a thanking for a thanking. I've lost track now, but you get the picture. I just need to know what acknowledgement is required. Thank you. Okay, I know the answer to this. Oh, so do you have any thoughts? No, go okay. just get to it. Um, you take a picture on your phone of the card up in your house or workplace or wherever it's arrived yeah. and say, um, beautiful card. So you're acknowledging the card with a photo of the card oh. in situ. Oh, right. Same with a bunch of flowers, anything, anything oh, like this. Oh, is that what to do? Yeah, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, what you yeah, always do? Yeah. You take a picture of it? Yeah. And is that not just create... I suppose it's not really happening, Because then they don't have to then take... There's no. There's nothing that needs to come after that. It's a good full stop. You don't get, oh, yeah, it looks lovely. <laughs> of course no, you don't. No, no. no. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that puts her mind at yes. ease so she knows what to do. Right, let's move on to Sarah then. This is... This comes up a lot in Quandary Corner, the hairdressers. Oh, wow. And I've just been wanging on about it for like 10 minutes before as well. This is interesting. Actually, this might help you. Okay. Last year, I moved back to New Zealand after 21 years in England and recently discovered a hairdresser here who offers a silent appointment option for those who want some quiet time to relax, reflect or just enjoy some magazines and coffee in peace. I was overjoyed to see this. Finally, they have listened or read our anxious, wouldn't dare to say anything, minds. This is incredible. It's unbelievable. Why is this not more common here? They need to do this here. Because I was actually, as I was in the barber's chair, I was thinking some barbers should offer headphones and then I thought, no, they can't really cut around headphones. Uh, But this is, when I was um, in my 20s, I sometimes used to go to a barber in Chinatown in Manchester because um, most people who worked there, English was a second language Mm. and they had a largely Chinese clientele. Mm. And and so it wasn't important to speak English very much. So as long as I could say what I wanted, there was no conversation because their English wasn't conversational. It was so wonderful. I'm thinking that if you're a hairdresser now and your bookings are down at the moment, introduce this option and you will be swamped. Definitely. Swamped by drifters. (laughs) (laughs) But there are... the, The thing is... 
Like, do you look like an a-hole by choosing the silent option? No, Does it instantly you know mark you shall, as... Shall I tell you, the way that it's been phrased is yeah. so lovely. Those who want some quiet time to relax, reflect, or enjoy some magazines and coffee in peace. You know, if you're really busy at work all day and you've taken some time out to have you... Maybe you just need a bit of, like, you don't want to be talking. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I'd like to do a survey, a nationwide survey, of who enjoys talking. I feel bad saying it because... But who does enjoy talking to the hairdresser? I don't think anyone does, do they? That's Probably a reflection on the hairdresser. No, no. But sometimes we just want to just sit and just think or read a magazine. They do give you magazines, don't they? So they do give you that option. But then I feel rude reading them. I feel like I'm ignoring them. Yeah, I, I, I can't do an activity whilst having my hair cut. Right. If you're having like, some, if, if, maybe if you, what do you do? Are you having rollers in? What are we talking about? <laughs> do you think are you under done? that big thing? <laughs> I'm not quite of that age, no. <laughs> Thanks, though. <laughs> Um, well, please send us your. No. Uh, uh, oh, is there more? Well, yeah, but like we haven't even got to the quandary yet. Oh, I didn't know there was a quandary. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a solution. No, okay. no, sorry, sorry, no. So she writes, let me get the name again, uh, Sarah. She writes, but then, of course, I overthought it. What are the rules here? Mm. When is the cutoff, excuse pun, point for our conversation? When does silence start and end? I'll obviously need to speak to them to tell them I want my cut. And do we have at least some initial small talk of how today been, weather, etc.? Will that blur our boundaries? What if I change my mind and have an urge to tell them my holiday plans? <laughs> Will the dead silence be in fact more awkward? awkward and I'm not sure how peaceful I will find it. I still have my mind yabbering away to myself in the hair to close eyes or not during the hair wash. Am I being relaxed enough or too much during the hair massage? <laughs> if I reach my coffee, is my arm going to collide with hers and spill everywhere and cause a scene? Stop staring at her cutting. She'll think you're judging her cutting skills. <laughs> skills. Look away. No, not at the lady opposite. Oh God, no, he made eye contact. Awkward smile. Also, won't they think I'm some kind of arsehole, replace word if not appropriate to read out, who just sees them as a mere service like a robot and that I care not for their humanity or their insight into weather patterns. <laughs> Alas, maybe awkward small talk and absurd that's not what I meant comment spilling out my mouth Alas, anxiety inducing or maybe my hair's fine as it is I wanted to let it grow anyway. <laughs> what do you guys think? Silent appointments or not and have you seen this as an option in hairdressers and barbers in England? Well we've kind of given our opinion but she is sowing a seal of doubt in my mind that maybe it's not as great as it sounds. The sooner robots can cut hair the better robot yeah then there's no i mean i don't wish anybody um you know out out of a job no that's true but and i know what you're like with robot overlords you'll be sucking up to them oh yeah 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 (laughs) making small talk with the robot yeah you will you will in binary (laughs) you'll learn it beforehand yeah 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 or just like pick out i'll go one zero zero one zero zero you you might be accidentally swearing yeah that's true saying something about their robo mother (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway i think we can all agree that despite the stresses involved in everything, it is the better option, surely. So here's here's the problem. I think I've figured out the problem here. Mm. The type of person who is likely to want to cut hair is probably an extrovert. Yeah. Because that goes with the territory or always has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the chances of finding somebody in that job who is sympathetic to what it is to be introverted and and not want that interaction just to feel drained by it mm. is low i think yeah yeah and therein lies the problem maybe um maybe we should just separate the separate introverts and extroverts half of us go one side of the equator half of us go the <laughs> other and then 
Yeah. I'm thinking that once uh, introverts find out about this silent option, those who've always yearned to be a hairdresser but can't cope with the sort of exhaustion of the small talk will get will start training. And well, yes, yes, that, that's a good yeah, point, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it could so, be a big yeah. change in the world. So by going to the silent barber mm. and adhering to the most silent hairdresser and, and, and adhering to it, mm. you'll be a pioneer. Yeah. You might become reviled. Mm. Uh, you might get some bad haircuts. Yeah, yeah out of spite mm, mm. but yes you could be providing positive change for introverted aspirant hairdressers yep okay great i think we sorted that yeah very well if you would like that caliber of solution to your own social quandary in quandary corner email us it's hello at adriftpodcast.com <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. We would like to hear from you, please, as ever, with your story. Um, but also, specifically, we need some quandaries for Quandary Corner and we need some podications, which is baffling to me because it does seem to be the case that we're either saying this one was sent in in 2017, but there's so much of a backlog that uh, it's taken us until now to get round to it, mm. or we're saying as of next week we've run out. Yeah, I know, it's confusing. Isn't it, it is, it's, it's vexing. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, if you would like an episode of this podcast dedicated to you, email us, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the, uh, for the backer music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And um, I've just been to the library. Oh, yeah. Oh, how was, was it busy today? What? 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 <laughs> the library, was it busy today? Oh, I haven't been to the library. <laughs> Okay, this podication comes from Andrew Evans, and Andrew starts with a content warning. Um, there's mention of suicide in this, so if that's um, if that's difficult for you, then probably. Uh, Best say goodbye now. So um, just let people leave. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes me a while to find the pause button. Um, Andrew says, I'd like to podicate an episode to my friend Yasmin. She sadly took her own life last month and I've still not even begun to process the loss. She was open and articulate about her struggles as she was about everything else she chose to talk about. So although it's not... A total surprise. I am definitely in shock. We met at a social function where I naturally was pressed firmly against the wall, making no eye contact, talking to no one, but she plucked this wallflower and forced it to bloom. She changed my life. I'm a better, happier person because of her. And I know that I'm just one of many. She always gave so much more than she had. She never let injustice or insensitivity go unchallenged, even if this meant ruining a perfectly good party from time to time. She had a frightening intelligence and an uncommon kindness. We could debate passionately for 90 minutes on a subject with which we were already in total agreement. (laughs) 
Her memorial and funeral, though fitting tributes to her and cathartic for some, have left me numb. I've still not cried, although I def- desperately want to. To, com- to be completely honest, I'm slightly hoping this makes Jeff cry. Well, you could hear me going in the last paragraph. Because um, the sincerity of these messages always seems to help unlock something in me. Um, others who, who knew her less well have written moving, eloquent prose in her honour but I've been unable to because the only person I'd want to hear them from is her. And I don't believe, sorry, the only person I'd want to hear them is her. And I don't believe she can hear them anymore. I hope I said enough while she still could. I know she knew I loved her. I'll miss her forever. God, it's just—it's—it's it's just incredibly. It's just incredibly sad. It's, just, yeah. you know, you can't. Of course, you can't change anything, and yeah, for someone to die in that way is always like really painful to hear about. But you know, like you said. Um, I know she knew I loved her, and for some people, that's you know, I genuinely believe them that when this happens, that's you know, that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's other stuff going on with them, and it's just sort of desperately sad because she sounds like such an amazing person, and it almost feels like you know, especially without knowing her, but anything I could say would just be a, a cliche. You know, all the stuff about how some people just sort of burn bright for a shorter time yeah. but I know what you know I know what it feels like for too much grief in recent years Andrew and uh, it's just rotten and like the the only thing you know the only only thing I can say really is um, as long as you're not stopping yourself from feeling then um, whatever way you get, get through it is fine you know you don't need to hear somebody else's words or you, you don't need to kind of whatever those rituals people they, it's just so different the thing you learn about grief is it's it's so different for everyone um and the the kind of only thing you have to do is allow it and as long as you're allowing it don't judge yourself for kind of no tears coming out of your tear ducts. Um, and even if you're not allowing it, for a while when something's raw and new, that's, that can just be a way of processing it and getting through it anyway. So I just think you mustn't, um, you mustn't be hard on yourself because it's just an incredibly difficult thing and like those connections don't come along very much in life. And then we've all got our own experiences which which then make us react in different ways and if you're a certain type of person maybe you kind of react with guilt and think what could i have done or if you know the sort of person you know um you beat yourself up for not feeling enough and and every everybody just like everything in life you're always bringing your own past and your own baggage to to everything and you've you know it's it's um you know it's 
it's the, the the thing that's common to all of us and the thing that's the most difficult and i know that i'm not being articulate i know i'm not um but i you know just be, be kind to yourself and just let it take its course and I don't have an expectation that this day, for example, an anniversary or a birthday or, or whatever it would be, should feel a particular way. And then just a random Tuesday shouldn't because it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And as, as long as you're kind of not working to stop a feeling or working to force a feeling, I think it'll just, you know, you, you'll, you'll just process it in the way that you need to. But I'm really sorry. Mm, me too, yeah. It's, I know that means nothing, but it's, you know, it's just, a t- it's just a terrible thing. It's, it's just a terrible thing. And there'll be a point maybe at which sometimes, not always, you can look at a life as a, you know, a, com- a completed thing with so much brilliance in it. But at the moment, it's just going to feel like, oh, I can't pick up the phone to you i can't send you a text like we can't make a new memory um it's really difficult everybody says oh treasure what you have but that that doesn't happen quickly i think for a lot of people i think you know it's just too raw so just let it um you know let it take as long as it takes but i'm really sorry yasmin sounds amazing i mean just the the picture you paint of her I think I think we can all sort of rec- all recognize we don't know her mm. but I think like it's really clear who she was in that and those people I just think it was I mean if this isn't sort of crass given what's happened but those people sometimes feel like life itself you know the the energy in those people and mm. and what they do and how they touch the lives of others and it's such a tragedy it's so painful that they they don't see themselves in that way or or life feels too hard i'm really sorry i'm really sorry andrew um so there we go that's the the latest edition of the podcast predicated to yasmin ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 